These guys are doing an amazing work there, and, and I'll let him tell you about it a, a little bit more. But I love just just Isaac and his family, their heart and their passion for the people in their community and, and the people that they reach. And it's, it's just an unbelievable experience to go and to serve with these guys in Denver, even though he's a Broncos fan. Um, we can still have love and grace and forgiveness for that. Um, so... Would you guys help me welcome tonight Pastor Isaac? Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Well, hey, everybody. What's going on? Man, that was, uh, I guess, not a whole lot, right? I think you all are already uh, leaving me here because he, he kind of said I'm a Broncos fan. But I was thinking, you know, okay, we've had... What a privilege it is to be here. Um, my wife, Jamie's right back over here. Turn around and say, hi, Jamie. And one turn around and say, hi, Abraham. My son. Yep, you didn't even move the needle at all. So, uh, And I've got a uh, 10-year-old daughter, Isabella, and a t- soon-to-be 3-year-old on Friday, uh, daughter, Nasea. They're downstairs. But, um, you know, you guys, as a church, as a youth group, you've been out with us to Denver two times now, and man, I tell you, that is just incredible, so you know, I mean, you know that I'm a Broncos fan, and I was thinking, okay, so um, since the last time you guys came out, what what are some of the things that have happened in our lives? Um, well, hey, the Royals won the World Series, right, so that's pretty cool, and I, and I've got it, and I'm not just saying this, I was rooting for the, for the Royals, I mean, I was for you guys to, to win, so, I mean, I, give me some credit there, what else has happened? Oh, man, the Broncos won the Super Bowl as well. So that was pretty awesome, too. So anyways, just throwing that out there. But um, I heard I heard a little little something over here, but I'm just going to rebuke that. Uh, no, listen, Emerge, Crown Point, Pastor Jeremy, man, you guys that have come out to Denver to hang out. I just, um, man, thank you. You guys encourage us by making an effort to come and hang out in Denver um, to, you know, reach out to the folks in our community, in our, in our neighborhood. I'll never forget, um, I was with your pastor uh, the day that we encountered a demon-possessed woman in broad daylight right outside our doors. You see, we work in a neighborhood uh, called Five Points in downtown Denver uh, that is known for drugs, for prostitution, homelessness, poverty. Uh, we chose the worst neighborhood in the city of Denver on purpose because I believe that all these issues, man, they exist in the world today. They're out there. They're here in your neighborhoods. They're here in your community. Uh, they're in Denver. They're all over the place. But how many know, man, the gospel of Jesus deserves to be out in those streets as well. The gospel deserves to be presented in your schools as well, not just the muck, not just the stuff that tries to sweep you away and bring you down. But, man, the words of Jesus his example, it deserves to be out in your schools as well, and it depends on you. And so, man, I'm excited to share tonight uh, because, listen, I, before uh, Jamie and I uh, became Assemblies of God U.S. missionaries, which, by the way, we drive a speed of light vehicle, so thank you for giving us speed of light. Um, but we were youth pastors for five years. And so you, you know, you young people, man, you've got, you've got our heart. And um, you're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. You're the church of right now. And I tell you, you are so you are capable of so much more than you realize. 
Um, so I pray that you start to ask God that you would realize that and start changing the world. Um, so, hey, let's just kind of get into it. Turn your, in your Bibles or in your app or whatever, Matthew chapter 9. I know Pastor Graham said no phone, so just in your Bible or it'll be up here, okay? So we're going to go ahead and read from Matthew chapter 9 tonight, verses 35 to 38. Let's just get right into it. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Um, Again, as Pastor Jeremy mentioned, man, I am... I am used to preaching to a crowd that is um, slightly different than this crowd. And I appreciate that. You young people have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for. We started a church on Thursday nights called Community Dinners. It's one of the programs that we run. Um, and, you know, we have, we have prostitutes coming down. We've got drug dealers coming down. We've got, man, we, uh, just just... The people in, in, every, in, in people's families that were told many, many times, you know, don't go there, don't do that, don't associate with them, you know, don't, just don't, don't head down that road to the, to the point where they finally just were given up on by their family. All those types of people, that's our church, that's our congregation. And they come down in a variety of... of um, Scenarios are in a variety of ways. I mean, some are high, some are drunk, some are angry, some are uh, depressed, and um, that that presents some some pretty interesting conversations throughout the evening. And what we do is we feed them. Um, we, you know, poverty is a huge issue in our neighborhood, homelessness, and so if we can provide a meal, um, that's that's really highly beneficial. But it also presents um, uh, an opportunity for us so that we can share the gospel. Um, one of the things that we, that I guess that drives us is that, you know, Jesus died for them just as much as he died for you and me. You know, when we talk about the harvest out there, or when we talk about the needs that exist in our world, the needs, you know, that, that exist among the friends in your schools, uh, or among your circle of friends, the sports teams that you're a part of, whether it's, or, you know, it's band or different uh, uh, activities that you're involved in in school, man, you are thinking about friends right now that you know that need Jesus. And that's the harvest field that we're talking about. And that's a big challenge. But what I want to share with you tonight is because the challenge is so great, because the harvest field is so big and and, and so ready, the harvest field is huge right now in the world. But because of that, the little things matter. Everybody say, little things matter. And look, look, and in, in this day and age, we, you know, we, we don't want to discriminate, you know, so, so little things matter too. Okay. I mean, not just the big things. But the tendency is that when we're faced with a big challenge, when we're presented with maybe it's even just a a big opportunity, a a good opportunity. But when we're faced with these types of challenges, our tendency is to try to wait for a big solution to drop into our brain. And until that happens, what do we do? Nothing. 
There's a big issue that we're facing, a big final, a big test, a big, you know, whatever it is, a big project. What do we do? Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. So we wait for that big solution, that big idea. And until that happens, we're not doing anything. And I want to challenge you young people tonight that the little things matter. Because of the harvest field that is out there today, because of your friends who need, who need Jesus today, and the state and the, the condition of the world today, it requires that we do the little things. Jesus knew that. Everything he did, his example, that's what we should be striving to follow. And if we will be willing to do the little things, we will see God use us in big ways. And it also should help you feel better. I know for myself, guys, man, like, don't ever idolize other people. Don't, I mean, yeah, look up to people, admire people, that's fine. But don't put people on this pedestal and start to worship them. And you, know, you might not just kind of overtly start worshiping them. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you just, like, idolize people, celebrities, musicians, athletes, um, Man, people are people, and, and people are, are, are we, have, we have faults. And what it is, is then we look at ourselves and say, well, man, what do I have to offer? Well, I mean, what am I going to achieve? How am I going to change the world? How am I going to make a difference? Again, waiting for these big ideas or this one big thing that's going to change our lives so that we can be noticed or so that we can make a difference. And let me challenge you to, to remember it's those little everyday things that make a really big difference. And you mentioned this earlier. We're in Olympic season right now, right? How many of you enjoy watching the Olympics? I'm going to tell you something. I really enjoy watching the Olympics. I know that this year there was a couple of, you know, well, more than a couple, but there was a lot of issues surrounding what's going on down in Rio with, with construction and the water. And you guys hear about all that stuff? Right. But then like, hey, when the Olympics are there, we are, man, glued to the TV watching the Olympics. And last night, man, how many, you know, like Michael Phelps just tore it up last night, man. That boy just man, he was. And what I love about it. Right. Because that guy is like shadow boxing right in front of him. And like all these people are it's like, oh, my gosh, what's this guy's problem? And Michael Phelps is just like taking notes in his mind. He's like, OK, OK. And then sure enough, last night, man, he just owned that fool. Like he just what he man, he whooped him and that dude didn't even meddle at all. So that was awesome. USA, baby. That's what I'm talking about. But in the spirit of the Olympics, okay? In the spirit of the Olympics, go ahead and bring that next slide up. I want, I want you to, to see here what these numbers mean, okay? This, this is not from the current Olympics. This is from the London Olympics in, in tw- uh, 2012. And this is the difference between a gold medal and not... A silver medal, but this is the difference between a gold medal and no medal at all. In the men's 100-meter freestyle, 0.29 seconds, right? Women's, 0.45. Men's 100-meters sprint, 0.17. You can see 0.18 for the women's. Men's long jump, 20 centimeters. Women's marathon, 23 seconds. In other words, the margin between a gold medal, the pinnacle, and not silver, not bronze, but no medal at all, was only 0.29 seconds. Less than half a second. And these are athletes that train for years and years and years and years. 
and they get to a point where they're in the race, they've made it to the Olympics, they have beat so many other athletes to even get there, right? They're in the race, but then there's the, the, the field of, of all the competitors, there's first, second, and third, and if they had been maybe one-tenth of a second faster, one-tenth, they could have earned an Olympic medal. Young people, little things matter. Little things are or should be what drive us in our everyday pursuits. And you'll tell, those of you who've been in Denver, you can tell right off the bat, like, I love sports. A lot of my analogies come to sports. Um, Denver's a big sports town. You, you all know, I mean, you saw the Super Bowl. But, uh, no, I'm just playing. I just had to kind of, once again, um, again, those of you who came to Denver, you know me. And you know I'm just playing. Uh, but... The great coach, Vince Lombardi, said it like this. Inches make the champion. Young people, it's the little things that make a huge difference. It's that attention to detail that's going to allow God to really start to come in and start to use you in ways that you never saw possible. And what I'm getting at is that every one of you has been infused with a gift from God. I mean, again, you're thinking about, man, there's this, I want to make a difference in the world, or I want to influence people, and what's my big idea? What's my big plan? What's, and we think big, 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 because we're trying to respond to a big problem, a big harvest field. We want to be used by God in a big way, so we're trying to think big. And really, I think we should think small. God, you have given me a gift. What is that gift? God, if I can just be faithful in the little things... God has given every single one of you a huge gift and a huge opportunity to impact His kingdom, right? To bring a huge harvest of your friends, your family to Him. You can think about it right now, and I know you are. Your friends and family that you love dearly, and you know, man, they they don't know Jesus. And they need to know Him. This is what it's all about. This is what drives my family and I to be down in Denver hanging out with, with people, you know, putting, man, risking the, the infestation of lice and bed bugs week in and week out. Smelling the B.O., right? I mean, hearing the curse words. I mean, seeing all the, all the sights, smelling all the smells, man, hearing all the stories. Look, we do it for a reason. We don't do it because we're better than anyone. I can tell you that. We just do it because that's what God has told us to do. What is God telling you to do? Because the best thing you can do is walk in obedience to the things that He has asked you to do. And it starts with the little things. Again, in, in, the, in the thought of, of the Olympics going on right now, uh, this famous quote, go ahead and go to the next, uh, there we go, inches make the champion, go to the next one. Famous Olympian uh, runner, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. You owe it to yourself to give it your very best shot. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to the gift that God has put in you. And then when you want to think about it, since God has given you that gift, that's all we should be trying to do is to give it our very best. No one can be you. Only you can be you. And then sometimes you say, okay, 
because I know that school starts tomorrow for some of you, right? And then next week for the rest of you, is that... I can't even believe that. Isn't it crazy how school's already starting up again? It's just crazy. But you have an amazing opportunity this school year. Incoming seventh graders and then seniors. Where are my seniors at this year? Seniors. Look at that. So, class of 2017. Now I feel old because I'm class of 97. See? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, calm down there, okay? Woo! I know. I heard that. Okay. I heard that. Um, yeah, but tell me about it, okay? So, man, what an amazing opportunity that lies before us right now, young people. What an amazing opportunity. Because, because now you, got, you have an entire school year to come in as a new person. You have an entire school year to say, man, I tell you what, man, my life changed this summer. I encountered Jesus, and man, something is different about me now. Then we get to this point where, let's say, oh man, man mid mid September, mid October, man, I've been I've been trying to do my best. I've been I've been going to youth every week. I'm I'm getting plugged into a small group. I'm 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 man, I'm giving to speed the light. I'm going to sponsor Pastor Jeremy the Tough Mutter, which by the way, I'm going to be rooting you on, man. And I'll tell you what, we're going to make a donation to that. I I, I salute what you're doing. Um, and and how many of y'all think that Pastor Jeremy should come out to Colorado and run Tough Mutter with me out in Colorado? I think that'd be really cool, huh? Next month, I'll be running my fourth Tough Mudder in Colorado. So uh, we, we need to get out there and do that. We, we need to do that. And then, and then we'll, we'll talk about a marathon here coming up, okay? <laughs> uh, but, but I tell you, um, you have an amazing opportunity, young people, to use the gift that God has given you to make a big difference. And after you determine in your heart, you know, you say, oh, I'm going to start the school, out, the school year out with a bang. And, and then sure enough, like I said, here comes September, October. And you're thinking, man, I haven't seen anything change. I haven't seen my friends come to know the Lord. They, they won't even come to youth or I haven't, you know, family members. or may, Maybe it's one of your parents or both your parents that don't even, you know, uh, uh, love the Lord or serve the Lord yet. Or, or whatever it is for, for, for you. And you say, man, I, maybe I'll just kind of. Take it easy a little. I, I've been doing so good. Like, I haven't cheated at all this year in class. Like, I haven't told any dirty jokes. I don't even laugh at dirty jokes when I hear them in the locker room or in class. Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I've been doing so good. And so you kind of say, you know what? I've kind of earned the right to take the, my foot off the pedal, so to speak, just a little bit. I want to challenge you. Don't think like that. Don't, don't accept that for yourself. Demand more from yourself. I want to tell you about something that I learned fairly recently, and I'm kind of, I mean, maybe I should have learned it sooner, but how many of y'all know what, what it takes for water to boil? Anyone know? At 212 degrees, water boils. So got 212 degrees, water boils. You know what water does at 211 degrees? It's just hot. And we think, well, I used to be really cold. I used to be like sub-zero temperature waters. And now I'm like 175. And man, I'll tell you, by next week, I'll probably be at 201. And like, that's really good. I've come a long way. And that's great. That's great. 
by, by no means. I mean, that's awesome, right? None of us are where we want to be. We're all, in a, we're all growing. We're all a work in progress. I understand that. But, but it's, well, I'm, you know, I'm 211. I'm, I'm good with 211. I mean, I'm good. But did you know that just one more degree and that water is steaming, it's boiling, and it's that steam that can be used to power like 400,000 pound locomotives through the Rocky Mountains carrying like 30, 40 cars full of coal just because water is one degree hotter. And it's the idea that we understand that it's those little things that when you feel like you've given your very best and, and right at the very end, like when you kind of feel like, man, I'm, I think I'm done giving it everything. I'm, I'm going to still do good. I'm going to still come to youth. I'm going to still give to speed the light. I, you know, I'm not going to go off crazy on, in, in, you know, in, into the deep end. I'm going to still, uh, you know, I still love you, Jesus. I'm still good. I'm still pray for my food before, even if there's people around, I'm going to still do all these things, but I'm going to keep it right about 210 to 11. And we start to accept less than the very best that we know we have. Don't do that, young people. Don't be a person that accepts less than your best from yourself. Be the kind of young person that doesn't need to be told to give your best effort, especially at the very end. That's when you win the prize. That's when the very best is drawn out of you. A good way for that to happen is to tell God right here and right now, tonight, is to say, God, whatever you have planned for my life, man, like not just this school year, God, not just next year, you know, you seniors next year in college or, or, or whatever is, 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 is you know, in, in your immediate future. But God, even beyond that, that God, whatever you have planned for my life, for as long as I live, God, my answer to you is yes. See, because if you resolve in your heart that you've told him yes, and I mean yes, like whatever he's going to ask you, you already put that yes on the table and you say, God, you have my yes. Now you take that yes and you put it on the map somewhere. Wherever in the world you want me to go, as long as you need me there, God, I've already told you, my answer is yes, you can have my yes. So then when you've done that, and you resolve in your heart, God, I meant it. You have my yes. Then you understand, okay, God, you're probably going to require me to do some things that I don't think I can do, that I know I'm not capable of. God, you're going to require some things of me that are going to be difficult, that I may not want to do in my flesh. But you know what? Since I did tell you yes, and I really meant it, and I resolved to, to hold true to that promise, then I better take care of the little things. <clears throat> because it all matters. Because I told you yes. You can't just wait for the big idea or the big solution. Remember, little by little, a little becomes a lot. That was pretty deep, wasn't it? That's a Tanzanian proverb I heard the other day, so I threw it in there. That's pretty, pretty awesome. So you can, you can put that out there tomorrow on your Twitter and whatever else, Instagram. It's like, I just had this thought, little by little, a little becomes a lot. But it's the truth. Don't underestimate those little things that you take care of. 
in a way, I guess to simplify, have a little bit of OCD in your life. Anyone here have OCD? I mean, raise your hand with pride. Come on, I have OCD, okay? Like, don't, don't be ashamed of that. It's okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, keep it, like, under control a little bit, but, like, man, just pay attention to the details, young people. And give those small things, those details to God. So let me just kind of finish up by, by asking this question. The big, so what? So what? Because I know that in a group this size, some of you have grown up in church, but some of you haven't. You know, some of you haven't come to church very much, maybe if at all. I don't know. And you're thinking, man, that's okay. Pretty stirring speech. Thank you very much for that. Um, but who cares? Who cares? When it comes to praying to the Lord of the harvest to send workers, so what? Well, what did Jesus do? He saw people and he had compassion on them. He was moved to tears. He had compassion on the crowds and he compared them to sheep. Let me tell you something. You don't, it doesn't get no worse than being compared to a sheep. Because no animal is more vulnerable than a sheep. No animal is more likely to get lost than a sheep. And once that animal is lost, no animal is less likely to find his way back than a sheep. That's what we are. We're sheep. We're lost without our Father. And Jesus had compassion on these people that were lost. You see, it wasn't so much their physical state. It was their spiritual condition that had Jesus such... Yeah, that, 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 that stirred such emotion in him. And I want to challenge you, young people, this year. Man, look for the, the, the kids in your school that have slipped through the cracks. I don't know, every once in a while, why don't you, why don't you invite, I don't know if, if you all even, do you all even sit in cafeteria tables anymore? I don't even know what. Why don't you sit with the, why don't you sit with the kid that never sits by anyone? Invite him to your table. Why don't you look for the person that's a loner? Why don't, you, why don't you be the one to be cool with him or her? Why don't you be the one to invite them to do something? Take a chance. That is how you can show compassion and look for a harvest field in your own school. But this is more than feeling sorry for them or having pity. The problems that exist in the world, young people, they require more than a hashtag in your posts. Right? Yeah, we want to drum up awareness and all those things. That's great. Let me tell you something. Coming to church, it's not about charity. We're not in the charity business. We do what we do. We come to church. We tell people about Jesus because we have a message to tell. I mean, literally, we have a message. Jesus Christ, the way to heaven. Without, without Jesus in our lives, we're lost. So it's not about having pity or feeling sorry for those people in our schools that that aren't as popular as we are, or that don't have the means that we may have, or the friends, or, or whatever. It's about truly understanding that the future of the kingdom of God depends on how we view the lost. It's on you. So, to do what Jesus did, and we can pull this up here, we must see as Jesus saw, and feel as Jesus felt. 
to do what Jesus did, we want to be like Him. We want to take on His characteristics. Then we need to see as He saw and feel as He felt. And the only way to do that is to stay connected to Him. Pray. Young people, your prayers avail much. That sounded kind of churchy, but what I'm trying to say is like, your prayers really, really get to heaven in a hurry. Let me tell you something. I would rather have a group of young people on fire for the Lord pray for me, pray for my family, pray for my ministry, and, or, and pray for the lost than any other group. Young people, you, don't, you just, man, you don't have any idea what you are capable of. Let's start to live that way. Let's start to walk that way. Let's start to understand that when we call out to God, we're calling out to the one who created the universe. That he is capable of all things. And he can change it all in an instant. You see, Pastor Jeremy, his wife, the leaders, they can pray for you. They can pray with you. But they can't pray in your place. Only you can pray the things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. So they can't pray in your place, but they can pray alongside you. You can tell them about things that are going on in your life and in your school and in your family. And they can join up with you. And and as a group, you can pray together. But no one can take your place. Only you can pray for the things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And once you have said, God, you have my yes... Just be ready for a fun adventure. Life should be an adventure, young people. Man, pursue goals. Pursue hobbies. Pursue, man, just pursue life. Because if we walk around saying we're connected to Jesus, and Jesus is the life giver himself, well then we can't be living a boring life. Because Jesus isn't boring. You know what I'm talking about? If you say, well, I think he's kind of boring, then that's not on him, that's on you. We need to be living an awesome life. I'm not saying go out and blow money and just, oh, man, hey, YOLO, let's go out and do all this. See, I, I tease my 10-year-old daughter and I say YOLO all the time because she's just like, what a nerd. Like, you are such a dork. And so I say that all the time. But it's the idea that, right, that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about enjoying the, the richness of life in Jesus and understanding that, man, when, when, when we live life that way, because... Serving Jesus should be an adventure. So, take care of the little things in your life. Little daily habits. You don't, you don't, it's not like you march toward mediocrity in your life. You just drift into it. You don't realize because you haven't taken care of the little things that you've just drifted into mediocrity. So I just want to leave you with this one last challenge and just kind of reiterate and say this. Let's not be people that allow ourselves to settle for 211 degrees. Let's always strive for 212. Let's make this the best school year. Make it the best school year of your life. You know what? Man, make it the best adventure of your life. Your your, your friends that are hurting, man, they need Jesus Man, you tell them about Jesus. You pray for them earnestly, fervently, and you believe that he will change their lives. Y'all believe that tonight? You believe that? Listen, young people, I love you. I thank you so much for those of you that have come out to Denver. And even those who didn't, I'll tell you, but, but 
we would love to see more of you come back on out to Denver. We'd love to have you guys out. I just feel like, man, we've, it, we've got a beautiful connection with you guys, and, and um, we, we appreciate it. But more than anything, pray. You pray for us. We'll be praying for you. And I just hope you guys have a great school year, okay? But I'll tell you, take care of those little things. Those are the things that will allow you to be used by God in a huge way. So, hey, we love you. God bless you guys.